Hello and welcome to a new episode of the MDS podcast, the official podcast of the International Parkinson's and Movement Disorder Society. This is a special edition of the podcast from the MDS Congress in Copenhagen, and I have the pleasure of introducing Professor Gunther Honglinger from the University of Munich to discuss the highlights on progressive supranuclear palsy research. Gunther, thank you very much for your time and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Very pleased to be here. So it's the first day of the Congress. We will start discussing the highlights from the previous year or couple of years on progressive supranuclear palsy. There has been advances in the diagnosis and also ongoing therapeutic trials with promising results. Would you like to give your view about the research highlights on this field? Yeah, thank you for that question. I think we have the pleasure to live in very exciting times especially in the field of tauopathies, PSP, CBD, there were numerous breakthroughs that we were witnessing in the past years. I think one of the big achievements in the last years was the proposal by Michael Goedert and colleagues that cryo-EM analysis of the structure of tau can actually serve to classify uh, tauopathies on a molecular basis. That provides a biological basis for classifying tauopathies and objective classification rather than by clinical syndromes. And I think then will also help to provide tools for molecular diagnosis and molecularly targeted therapies in the future. Then another area of exciting research is tau-PET, where we also observe that different ligands are popping up, which are originally more designed for the field of Alzheimer's disease. But also in the field of tauopathies, there is some utility, especially with the, the ligand PI2620. I think there were Exciting findings showing that tau is spreading along axonal transport processes. That was data published by Meyer et al. in Nature Communications in 2022. There is more exciting data to come. Then we were witnessing two exciting clinical trials, the AVI trial with tilavunemab and terminal tau antibody, which showed great recruitment and great performance of the scales and tools that we had per plan. Unfortunately, no clinical signs of efficacy, but I think the trial showed that we as a community are ready to perform such trials. And the second parallel trial, which was recruited in parallel with the gozuranumab antibody, also an N-terminal tau antibody developed by Biogen, was also a very exciting show cost of the performance of the community. And then we have the academic cohorts, which I think are very excited. There is all FTD in the US, there is Prospect UK, there is Describe PSP in Germany. And all of these large natural history cohorts provide data that are very helpful to plan further clinical trials, especially not only focused on Richardson syndrome, but also on the variant PSP phenotypes. So that, in, in my perspective, are the major important developments of the past couple of years. Thank you for that. Great overview. It's exciting times to see not only that we are witnessing these advances in defining the tauopathies, but also seeing that there is clinical trials in development. From what we have seen in the last couple of years, it seems that there's been a great shift from the clinical definition to the molecular definition. And that is obviously leading to more precise clinical trials with the potential of modifying the disease course. What is the direction of PSP research in the years to come? What is expected in the next few years in terms of 
progression to molecular diagnosis and also to therapeutic uh, clinical trials. Yeah, as you just point out, we have learned a lot about clinical phenotypes and we are about to generate the natural history of the distinct phenotypes. That's, I think, a very important work that needs to be followed up further in order to enable also non-Richardson syndromes variant to be recruited for clinical trials. I think that's ongoing and that's on a very good way. On the other hand, we have the urgent need to define the diseases more on a biological basis. And there we hope and see very exciting developments also on fluid biomarkers. There is exciting ongoing work on tau seeding aggregation assays, not yet to the point as with alpha-synuclein, but I think we're on a very good path and expect quite meaningful results in the next couple of years. Then there is measurement of distinct tau specimen and blood CSF exosomes. That's also very exciting to be followed. And of course, there is ongoing omics studies in different biofluids where we also expect some important insights into biological definitions and biological diagnosis of PSP. With regard to imaging biomarkers, I think the MRI data were already quite helpful in the past clinical trials. Now we and others are doing artificial intelligent approaches to get even better insights into diagnostic prediction and progression performance of these data sets. Then very pleased also to see that there is an upcoming phase three trial with a tau pet ligand that aims to be approved by FDA for use as a diagnostic tool in PSP. And even more exciting maybe there is also a, a move from preclinical to clinical development of four repeat tau specific pet ligands. So whether or not they will do their job as promised, as hoped for remains to be seen, but already the fact that we are entering into that phase is very exciting. With regards to making use of that information for clinical trials, we hope for good outcomes of ongoing clinical trials. There is the UCB-sponsored trial with the mid-tau region antibody Bipranemab, a phase one trial where we hope to see data very soon. Then there is the ongoing CNEO study with a tau-targeting antisense oligonucleotide from Novartis, also phase one B trial where we hope to see data very soon. And there is a French company called Alsprotect with a progranulin secretion in increasing substance called Alsprotect 2006, where we also hope to see data very soon. So this is the ongoing studies. And then there is upcoming studies. Amylinks, you know, there was AMX35 approved for ALS treatment by FDA. They are now going into a phase three trial, also with PSP patients. Farah from Spain is taking up the OGA inhibitor developed originally from Asen Neuron, also going into a phase three trial. Very exciting to see. And then there is very early developments also in cell and gene therapy. So there is quite a number of different approaches also into the anti-inflammatory pathways. So the pipeline is full and very exciting to live in exciting times. Absolutely. It's exciting to see so many clinical trials with so many different potential pathogenic mechanisms involved. I think one of the challenges of research on PSP is, is I, th I think I see PSP and CBD, the, the tauopathies, as the quintessential heterogeneous clinical disorders. You know, and as you mentioned, some of those more rare phenotypes are still not included in clinical trials. And I think probably that's one of the challenges ahead. I think international collaboration is needed to develop potential medications. There are phenotypes of a rare disease, so that, that only works in international collaboration as a setting. Excellent. So this is the first day of the Congress with an exciting program ahead. What would be your highlight of the program regarding PSP? 
I think there is two major events. The first is the meeting of the MDS endorsed PSP study group. There is one major change after several years of leadership. Me, myself, and Maria Stamelu will hand over the leadership to you, Morris, Gabor Kovac, and Jarko Konta. I think that's very exciting because they are known for their dynamics. They have very complementary research orientation and they are from different countries. So that will give new momentum to the field. And then there is an exciting plenary which focuses on new developments on MSA and PSP. And Gabor Kovac from Canada will present on PSP. So don't miss that. Exciting meetings that the listeners can see on demand in the future. I have to congratulate for your leadership on the PSP study group. I think it's been a very successful period. Thank you very much for your time here during the Congress. And thank you everyone for listening. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website.